The place for Celtics news. The place for Celtics opinion. The place for Celtics talk. It's Cattles on Causeway. Welcome into the first post-game live podcast with all of you. Celtics somehow, someway survived the New York Knicks tonight, 108-104. It was not the pretty win that I think many of us wanted and hoped for tonight. But hey, a win is a win is a win is a win, especially on the road. And let's talk about how gritty of a win this was. Fourth quarter, you're playing like crap. That was a brutal fourth quarter. They started that quarter uh, getting outscored by the Knicks like 13-2. to Could not do really anything right. But somehow, someway, over the final three and a half minutes or so, the Celtics put it together. Kristaps Porzingis with a huge three. Porzingis with a couple of big-time free throws. But really, the reason why the Celtics won this game tonight was because their defense stepped up late in the fourth quarter. The Knicks scored three points. Count them. One, two, three points over the final three minutes and 39 seconds. The Celtics' defense clamped up. They slowed down Emmanuel quickly. They shut down the paint all night long, and because of that defense, that is why the Celtics walk away with a W from Madison Square Garden tonight. You're on the road. You're not playing well. You're struggling early in the fourth quarter. Usually what we would see past Celtics teams, you would see the eventual meltdown, which happened at the beginning of the fourth, and that would roll down the hill. Things would get worse and worse and worse and worse, and they would lose a game like this. So I actually think this was a really good test. First game of the season, everybody's talking about how this team is going to dominate, how great they played in the preseason. It were all the talk about the Celtics heading into this game. People wondering if the Knicks were going to do anything. I mean, the most talk about the Knicks before this season was, will they ever be able to acquire that star they've been looking for over the past several years? So the Celtics walking into this game being seen as the top dog in the Eastern Conference. They get off to a decent start. I didn't think their start was great. I know they had a 12-point lead after the first quarter, but I thought Tatum knocked down some tough shots. And Kristaps Porzingis, who we'll get to in a minute, oh boy, was KP something else tonight. You know, I thought it wasn't the best start in the history of the world for this basketball team, okay? I mean, Tatum hit some tough shots. Porzingis was on fire. And the Knicks couldn't make a shot. Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson got off to a very slow start. I actually posted at Cattles, uh, at Causeway Podcast on X you know, about the start and said, I don't feel great about this because the Knicks aren't shooting well. The Celtics are shooting really well, and this is going to turn around eventually at some point, and it did. But this was a gutsy win on the road for them, and this is a team, and I'll get to your comments. You guys can jump on in. I see Ike popping up here. Ike, I appreciate you, buddy, uh, saying hello to me. Always appreciate that. Always a great time. Uh, to, to see the cattles pop up from our guy, Ike. But your thoughts on this game, I'm going to be taking your comments, your questions. Again, not the kind of game that we were hoping for. I, it would have been great if this was a blowout. But I almost like this more than a blowout. A blowout, tomorrow everybody's talking about, well, that was what was expected from this team. Everybody thought that it would be a blowout. They were playing the Knicks. So I actually like the tough game, having to fight through the fourth quarter, showing some of that grit, showing some of that, you know, gutsiness, and really the character of a team. That's what you need to see. Can they come together in the final moments and do what has to be done to win a game like this? And that's exactly what they did. It wasn't pretty, but it was necessary in my estimation. Kristaps Porzingis, my freaking goodness. 
I know some people were wondering if Porzingis was good. I know some people were talking about, oh, well, you know, he's not great in the paint. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. I've been talking about Porzingis on this podcast for a while now. And Porzingis is somebody who has continued to evolve. He continues to grow. He is a better post player than people remember him being going back a couple of years ago. He's a better rim protector than you remember him being. You saw that tonight. And he's got unlimited range. I mean, th this guy is really the unicorn. And that's why he was named the unicorn when he was drafted into the league. He, he can be that damn good. And tonight, I don't know if you guys heard from the broadcast, Mike and Scal, but tonight Porzingis scored the most points ever from a Celtic in their debut. Think about the long history of this basketball team. Think about the great players from the history of this team. All the names that we could rattle off. Porzingis had the best debut in Celtics history. That means something. I want you to kind of absorb what Porzingis is going through tonight, right? It's his debut for the Celtics. Everybody is anticipating this team being great. He is returning to New York, a hostile crowd, throwing F-bombs his way, right? And he walked out there like it was no big deal. Cool, calm, collected with all the noise surrounding him. And the Knicks fans at one point, they were chanting, bleep you, Porzingis. And this guy did not only show up, he showed up huge. 30 points, eight rebounds, four blocks, protected the paint. He was incredibly efficient. Eight of 15 from the floor, nine of 10 from the free throw line. He showed the rim protection, whether it was defending bigs down low or shutting down drives and making blocks at the rim. What did Porzingis not do tonight? Both ends of the floor. I thought he was the best player for the Celtics. Honestly, he was the best player on the floor for Boston tonight. And I know Tatum had a good game, but I still think Porzingis was better because he was more efficient in, in the defensive impact that he had. He was tremendous with all the pressure, all the talk on the road, former team that he played for was drafted by crowd that hates him. And he shows up and he does what he did tonight. I can't say enough about Kristaps Porzingis. Let's go to uh, Stephen Bopp here on the good old comment section. Again, you guys can throw your comments in there. Uh, they only won due to free throw shooting. Luckily, the Celtics made their field goals, and the Knicks did not. Yeah, the free throw shooting was huge. The Knicks were awful, 14 of 26 from the free throw line. However, we have to remember things balance out. And so the Knicks, they were terrible on the free throw line, but they were super hot from three-point land. And this is usually not a great three-point shooting team. But tonight, they couldn't miss. They couldn't miss in the second half. Quickly was unbelievable. Quickly had another out-of-body experience against the Celtics. I'm getting irritated by that guy. So, yeah, they were terrible from the free-throw line, but they were super hot from three. So you have that kind of balancing act. Meanwhile, the Celtics were not good from three. I mean, if you took Tatum and Porzingis out of the equation, the rest of this team was brutal from three-point land tonight. So those things tend to balance themselves out. Porzingis was fantastic. Tatum, a ridiculous start. A ridiculous first quarter. I thought he made several tough shots. Didn't love the shot selection in the first half. Did not love the shot selection. I, I want to see more post-ups. We talked about that. Fortunately, in the second half, we started to see Tatum post-up. We started to see him touch the basketball in the paint. He started to be aggressive. He had that and one right, to start the quarter off when Robinson fouled him. A beautiful, aggressive take. 
Tatum started to get to that point of attacking the rim and getting his post-ups. We need to see more of that. We need to see more of that early on. So I thought Tatum, he was really good. Selection, not the best offensively. Again, more post-ups, please, but you can't complain. 34-11-4. He did have four turnovers. One of those turnovers was late. About 50 seconds or so left, I believe, on the clock. So you got to make sure that you take care of the basketball in the final minute of the game. We've seen that before from the Jays. But overall, this game was about two guys. It was about Porzingis. It was about Tatum. Those two guys carried this team to a win tonight. Other guys made some plays. Derek White made some plays. Not a surprise. Drew Holiday made some plays late in this game. But Tatum and Porzingis carried the seas to this win. Let's get to Devin Allen. Devin Allen brings up a point. Going to need another big man off the bench. Yeah, I'm out on Cornette. I've been out on Cornette for a long time. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't get it. Cornette's out there. He's playing minutes. I, I don't know why he's out there playing the minutes he's playing. It, it drives me ever-loving crazy, the minutes that he plays. I, I don't understand what in the world Joe Missoula sees in Luke Cornette. He brings almost nothing to the table. He doesn't rebound. He's not a great offensive player. Defensively, he's slow-footed. You tell me what Luke Cornett brings to this team. What did he give you during his minutes? Nothing. He gave you absolutely nothing during his minutes tonight. And that's it's just not good enough. And so, yes, eventually this team needs a third big. There's no doubt about that. They need to find a third big, whether that's giving Kata minutes. I'm surprised that Kata did not play tonight. Kata clearly outplayed Cornette in the preseason. I guess that didn't matter. Missoula sticking with this guy, Cornette. And, you know, that's fine for early this season. But if Cornette doesn't show us anything through the first five, six, seven games, you've got to pull the trigger and at least try Kata because Cornette gave you nothing, absolutely nothing tonight, absolutely nothing from the bench outside of Al. Al hit those two huge threes late in the third quarter. Don't sleep on those two threes he knocked down. Horford makes those two big threes, gives the team a little bit of breathing room. I thought Horford played well, relatively speaking, but the rest of the bench was terrible. Hauser gave you nothing. Pritchard gave you nothing. We just talked about Cornette. The bench gave you four points outside of Al Horford. Four points. Hauser, Pritchard, Cornette gave you four points, and all of those points came from Pritchard. If Hauser's not making shots, he's useless, and he's missing open threes. So one of the concerns that we had coming into this season was the bench, right? Can, can you spell the guys? Can you spell the top five enough? Can you get enough wing production when Tatum and or Brown are sitting down? And tonight, you didn't get nearly enough from Hauser. You didn't get nearly enough from Pritchard. Cornette is Cornette, but those two guys, Pritchard and Hauser, they have to be better. They were not good enough. Four points, three rebounds, three assists from those three guys. They were a collective minus 10 in the plus minus. Awful. Those guys have to step up and play better. But Al, Al was Al, man. Al was what you would expect coming off the bench. Knocking down a couple big shots, grabbing a, a couple of big rebounds. Uh, the nut slush says, nice name, a uh, good response late from the seas. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't the greatest game we've ever seen, but these guys responded. And I thought they responded twice. They responded twice in the second half. Don't forget third quarter seas are not playing well and they're up 64, 63. 
and I actually posted this at Causeway Podcast. I, I posted how will they respond? They, they weren't playing well. The Knicks went on a 10-0 run. The Knicks started getting physical. That's when Hartenstein wrapped up Brown, and Brown had an issue with that. And we'll get to Brown in a minute. Trust me, he was awful. But, you know, the Knicks are getting physical. The Knicks are feeling good about themselves. They go on a 10-zip run in the third quarter. It's 64-63, Celtics up by one. And you wondered in that minute, I did, I'm sure you did as well, how would the Celtics respond on the road with the Knicks starting to roll and playing tough, playing Tom Thibodeau kind of basketball? And the C's responded. After being up by only one, 64-63, after that run by the Knicks, after the foul by Hartenstein, the C's went on an 18-10 to run. And that was a huge moment in this game. It was a huge stretch, not only because you went on that 18-10 run to take back momentum, but you did most of that without Jason Tatum. That's when Horford knocked down the two threes. And then Tatum subbed in late in that quarter, and Porzingis got the last second uh, putback. How big was that bucket when you look at, at this win, right? I mean, I mean, you win by four points, 108-104. Porzingis gets that last second bucket at the end of the third quarter. That is a gigantic basket. So you went on that 18-10 run in the third quarter. You stem the tide. That's the first big run. And then in the fourth quarter, you get punched in the mouth. The Knicks come out, crowd's going crazy. They're making everything that they shoot, and they start a 13-2 run. The first half of that fourth quarter was brutal. You couldn't do anything right, but you put it together again, and you were able to collect yourself on the road, make another run, and close this game out. Those are the kinds of moments that you want to see from a team if you think that team is a championship contender. And this Celtics team is obviously that kind of a team. You want to see those responses. You want to see what happens when the team gets punched in the mouth. Do they come back with an 18-10 run? Yes, they do. When they get down late in the fourth quarter, not playing well, do they respond? Yes, they did. So you start to see these, these character-building moments. And that's why I think this game tonight, is necessary. Not great, not necessarily fun to watch at times, but this is the kind of game that is going to test these guys. Porzingis is new, Holiday is new, lots of new going on. And the Knicks were the perfect opponent for them night one because the Knicks are not going to back down. The Knicks played the Seas very well last year, if you remember. I believe the Knicks were 3-1 and one against the Celtics last year. This is a team in New York that plays the Seas very, very difficult. In Thibodeau, his guys are not going to back down. They're going to continue to push, push, push. And that's precisely what happened. But the Celtics pushed back, and that's what you want to see. You want to see that pushback, nonstop pushback. That, that's what you need. That's what you need in this kind of a situation. Paul Gaudet, my guy. In Virginia, the 757, Porzingis hit some big shots. Oh, gigantic shots. Absolutely gigantic shots by Porzingis. Porzingis showed up, man. I mean, that that three late in the fourth quarter, the footwork, the unlimited range. And people would question Porzingis because one of the things that everybody is asking is this guy has not played on winning teams very often, right? Would he be able to step up and make those big shots? Would he be able to step up? in a big time moment. Well, so far, so good. He's one for one. He absolutely showed up tonight. He absolutely stepped up. John Pritchard, he checks in, says that they almost gave it away. 
They came back in the end. Eastern Conference basketball, not always pretty, but effective. Good game, number one. Yeah, a little bit of a knockdown, drag-out fight in this second half. A little bit, a little bit. How did Drew look? Let's get to Drew Holiday. How do you guys think Drew looked? I'll ask you. What do you think? I, I thought Drew looked a little out of sorts tonight. I think he's still trying to figure some things out. He had a couple of rough turnovers. I thought he rushed a couple of shots. He had an ugly left-handed shot in the paint. I don't even know if he knew where he was when he took that shot. Uh, don't forget, by the way, give me that like. Give me that thumbs up if you're watching. Uh, the thumbs up means eyeballs build this community. Live post-game podcast. Don't get paid for this. Just want to talk basketball with you guys. So if you're watching on YouTube, give me that thumbs up. means an awful lot. Also, subscribe to the channel if you haven't subscribed as of yet. Uh, but the thumbs up beat that YouTube algorithm. Back to Drew. Left-handed shot was a little funky and clunky. He, like, airballed it from five feet. I thought he took a really quick three, a Marcus Smart-esque kind of three uh, on a break, which wasn't great. He's still trying to figure himself out. But I thought, look, what Drew did tonight was defend. And that's always going to be the case. And we talk about Marcus Smart, and we talk about Smart's ability to defend multiple positions. Look at what the Celtics did tonight. The Celtics put Holiday on Julius Randle for long stretches. They were completely comfortable defending Randle with Holiday. And Randle's not an easy cover, not an easy guy to defend, right? He's going to try to play bully ball against you. He's going to take it in the paint, can take it outside. He can score really at all three levels. And you had Drew Holiday defending Randle one-on-one for a decent amount of this game. And that shows you what Drew Holiday can do defensively. That shows you why he was such a huge pickup. After you lost Smart, to have Holiday be able to plug in and defend somebody like Julius Randle and switch on guys like Quickly. Just think about that defensive versatility. And Quickly was on one tonight. But think about defending the guards of the Knicks and think about Holiday being able to defend Quickly and Brunson and then defend Julius Randle. And R.J. Barrett, that's the defensive versatility. That's why this guy is known as, you know, one of the best defenders in basketball. And many would tell you that he's the best perimeter defender in the game. Let's go to Luis. Luis talking about the uh, officials. Felt like when the refs became a factor for the C started to fold like years past. I, I thought the officiating was pretty brutal tonight. I don't know how many of you know about Ben Taylor, but he sucks. And he was, uh, he was out there as a lead official tonight. So I'm not surprised that the officiating crew wasn't good. I, I thought the late call on Porzingis was bogus. I mean, you've got Hartenstein who's wrapping up Porzingis for like a good two or three count. And he's mugging Porzingis. And Porzingis is trying to protect the basketball. And he barely hits him with the back of his hand. And Hartenstein flops like he got shot from the 200 section. Just stupid. Terrible. Awful call. Awful call. So I, I thought the crew got in the way, you know, that the crew wasn't, you know, wasn't good enough, wasn't good enough at all. All right, let's get to Pat here. Pat Almeida, thank you for uh, supporting me as always, Pat, on uh, X and otherwise with the, with the podcast and stuff. Again, give me that thumbs up, fellas. Hey, ladies, uh, huge, huge. Give me that thumbs up means an awful lot to me. It takes a second of your time. Give me that thumbs up as I break down Celtics Knicks, Celtics victorious tonight, 108-104. Let's get to Jalen. Holy crap, he was awful. He was awful. And if you've been listening to the podcast, I've been talking about Jalen's fit within the framework of this offense. 
and I've been discussing how Jalen has looked out of sorts. He, he looks uncomfortable out there. He's not getting consistent touches. In the preseason, you saw that. You saw Jalen Brown kind of not know what he wants to do when he gets the ball. Not really sure when he's going to get the ball. And I thought people, I said this on the season preview podcast that I dropped earlier in the week. I thought some people went a little overboard with Jalen's game in Charlotte in the preseason, that last preseason game. Brown hit a couple of tough threes, and he had a pretty good first quarter. But people took that and said, oh, here comes Jalen. Here's first quarter Brown. I thought he made some difficult shots in that preseason game. And I wanted to see what he would look like tonight. And he didn't look good. He still doesn't look like he understands what his role is within this offense. His usage is way down, and he's very unsure of himself. And we know, you know, Brown at times when he's got the basketball, we know this well enough, he is already unsure of himself at times when he's got the rock. And now he's looking even more unsure. So I thought, again, you saw Jalen not really be able to find himself offensively. He was ass. He was straight up ass tonight. The, 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 he, had a, he had a stretch that was just brutal. Turnover, turnover, and then foul uh, Grimes on the three-point attempt for a four-point play. Back to back to back. I mean, he just turned the basketball over a few times. His shot selection was all over the place. He rushed that transition bucket when he just kind of looked like he was, you know, on roller blades and, and trying to get to the bucket, just threw it up without any control. You know, he was 11.6 rebounds. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, he did have five assists, but that turnover, turnover, foul stretch, the first half he was non-existent. He was leaving shooters. We've talked about this before with Brown. You know, Jalen at times, he kind of loses himself defensively. He'll make mistakes. He left shooters a couple of times tonight for no reason. Holiday would have Randall on the block, and, and for some reason Brown would leave the shooter to double-team Randall. No reason to do it. So he was leaving shooters. He was fouling shooters. He was turning the ball over. He had some bad shot selection. He was invisible for stretches. They have to figure this out. I mean, Porzingis, you walk away from this game tonight, Porzingis, the second-best player on the team. If you go off of tonight, he was the best player on this team, but we know Tatum's better. Big picture, 30,000 feet. But Jalen has to be better. He was brutal. He just looked clunky. And that's the best way, you know, I, I would explain it, is that it, it just it just looked clunky. Thanks, Boston Swag, for the support. I appreciate you, as always, my brother, uh, always coming through. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up as we talk about uh, this game tonight. Gear Six says that Drew looks washed. Again, he's he's not a supreme athlete. I don't think he looks washed. I, I think he's trying to find himself within the rest of this team. You know, if we're if we're a month, month and a half in, and Drew Holiday looks kind of lost or whatever, and looks a little slow, then I'll have some concerns. But right now, I'm not concerned. He, he showed up with some big-time defensive possessions late in this game. He also got a big time rebound late in this game. So I'm not, I'm not worried about Drew. Not worried about Drew. Jalen, I'm concerned about if he's going to be able to figure out how to fit within this offense. I think he will, but they've got to work on that. They've got to get him consistent touches. They've got to get him early touches in a game so he can get going. All right, some of the other things. The offense tonight I did not think was great. Porzingis and Tatum bailed them out all night. 
some of the offensive issues that I saw, the ball movement, there wasn't much. What we saw in the preseason, great ball movement, ball, you know, ball popping side to side, right? Guys attacking closeouts, getting into the paint, driving kicks. We saw that throughout the throughout the preseason. Well, all of a sudden tonight, there was almost no ball movement. The ball was sticky. A lot of ISO, a lot of let me see if I can get this shot off kind of basketball. I don't understand that. They've got to move the ball. The ball movement was lacking big time. I also would like to see Porzingis post up a few more times. We talked about it in the preseason. Joe Mazzula has talked about it. A lot of people who write about this team have written about Porzingis and this idea of like, hey, when we're going through stretches offensively that aren't looking good, let's get KP down in the paint and let's get him a post-touch. Didn't really see that tonight. I would like to see that part of their offense. When times are tough, get it in the paint to Porzingis. Tatum again started to post up a little bit more in the second half, but those two guys, they need to post up. Where was the driving kick game? I mean, I didn't see a lot of that tonight. I don't think it happened more than eight or nine times when a guy attacked a closeout, drove in, got into the paint, and then sprayed it out for an open three. We didn't see a lot of that tonight. So I, I need to see more of that. It was really just kind of a, a slog. The biggest issue to me, too, for stretches, which kind of leads into everything I just talked about offensively, I thought their pace stunk out loud. You know, the, the pace was not there. So they have some things to clean up. But again, this is the kind of win you want to see to start a season. You want this kind of fist fight in a phone booth to, to prove your worth, to prove your grittiness against a team that's not going to back down, against a team that was hot from three, and you stood up, you took the punch, you took a few haymakers, and you threw back. That's the, that's the number one thing that you take from tonight's game. This Celtics team on the road against a tough physical Knicks team punched back. And they executed enough late in this game to win the game on the road. Defensive glass is something we have to look at. The Knicks had 17 offensive rebounds. It's really difficult to have 17 offensive rebounds in an NBA game. The defensive glass is a problem. It goes into the idea of Luke Cornett not rebounding, this team not rebounding. They need to rebound defensively much better. So there are things they've got to clean up. Second chance points murdered you tonight. Celtics were murdered in second chance points. They were crushed on the defensive glass. And that that's giving too many easy points to the opposition when you do that. A win is a win is a win. You get ready for Friday night against Miami. Again, Celtics 108-104. Chris Dops, Porzingis balled out. He was absolutely incredible. Tatum and Porzingis in that first quarter, that was the story. The only reason, because the rest of the team had a rough first quarter offensively. The only reason you got out to that lead in the first quarter, you end up walking into the second quarter with that 12-point lead, 30-18, to 18, because Tatum and Porzingis, Tatum and Porzingis led you to that second quarter, and then Porzingis closed it out. Porzingis had one shot after the first quarter going into the fourth. He started off super hot. I think he was five of eight. And then he took one shot in the second and third quarters. He missed that one shot. He was five of nine going into the fourth quarter. And then he took over in the fourth. Showed up in the first, 
closed it out in the fourth. And Tatum did more than enough offensively to help Porzingis tonight. Again, you had 30 points from Porzingis. You had 34 from Tatum. I'm not a mathematician or anything, but that's 64 of your 108. And you needed those two guys to play as well as they played offensively. But I, I think it's a good start. It's a good start to this season because you were able to face a team that's very difficult, that plays you tough with a very good head coach on the road, crowd going crazy, lots of expectations, and you did just enough to squeak out the win and uh, start the season 1-0. and Of course, Friday night, you've got the Miami Heat, and, and I love this. I, I don't know if you guys love this, but I, I absolutely love the idea of starting this season off against the Knicks and the Heat. Because you're not going against teams that are going to make it easy on you. These teams are not going to walk in and be mentally defeated. Tibbs is not going to let the Knicks walk into a game like tonight and be mentally defeated from the jump. They're going to punch you. They're going to fight you. They're going to make it tough. And we know about Miami. Miami's going to show up to Boston on Friday night, and they're going to want to take it to the Celtics. Oh, everybody's talking about you? Well, we beat you in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? That's the attitude they're going to have. You cannot have a better start to this season, a tougher start to this season, than playing back-to-back on the road against New York, and then you're playing against Miami on Friday night. Two tough teams, physical teams, teams that don't give up. Celtics have more talent, no doubt about that. Celtics top six, more talented than anyone else in the game. But you want to see if they fight. Can they fight through some of these things? They fought through tonight. Can they fight on Friday night against Miami? Miami is always game. Eric Spolstra always has his guys ready to play. So it should be a very interesting Friday night. I thank all of you for joining me again. Give me that thumbs up if you like what we're doing here. Uh, we will be back uh, at some point next week. Got to look at the schedule. I'll be uh, posting stuff out there on, on uh, the good old X and let you know the next time we do one of these post games. But it, it will be very, very soon on this schedule. I love doing this. I, I love the back and forth. Can't say enough about you guys for joining us tonight. Celtics win 108-104. They are 1-0 and zero on the season. We'll talk to you soon. It's Nick Cattles, Cattles on Causeway, live post-game podcast.